Welcome back to the Traders Network Show, broadcasting worldwide on Equities.com. I'm Matt Bird, and I'm here with Frank Ricotta in Davos, Switzerland, for the 2019 World Economic Forum. Frank, you've been arising ears uh, for the entire week. We're, we're on Thursday, tomorrow, it pretty much shuts down. Um, tell us, give us an update. What, what did you find out there? Well, I mean, this year compared to last year, I think the mood's uh, quite a bit different. I mean, a lot of things happening in the world this year, uh, a lot of uh, conflicts with uh, what's happening on the local front fronts for many world leaders, and they've either shortened their stay or decided not not to attend at all, along with their entire delegations. Do you, do you think that that has in any way kind of trickled down to the street, or do you think that that's just that's isolated and separate from what's going on the street? Because we're seeing, um, I'm not gonna say a ghost town, but it's it's about 10 percent of last year's turnout here. Yeah. You know, I think I think it has, but here's here's part of that as well. So last year we had the anti anti-world economic forum or the anti-globalization from the standpoint of the crypto community. They were here, the crypto community was here in force uh, on many different fronts, you know, really challenging this notion, the notion of traditional globalization, uh, taking it taking more from the perspective of, of a crypto or enhancing individual liberty perspective, you know, where, where it's a network, where it's, where it's cryptocurrencies, where it's a decentralized form of government. Mm. Yeah, you know, we had the uh, the fintech advisor to the premier of Bermuda here talking about um, that what spun out of last year here was was ingenuity, which helped to, at this point create legislation, create the framework for for commerce. And I think where we're going with now is we're seeing convergence of, of tech and regulation finally starting to manifest something. Yeah. I you know I think last year a lot of a lot of folks on the policy and regulatory side of life were trying to figure out what to do. You know, they had this initial gut reaction of blocking things. So we saw a number of jurisdictions, you know, really, really get pretty aggressive on ICOs uh, because of, you know, what happened towards the end of 2017. Uh, but, but the innovative uh, sovereign states decided to look at how can they embrace it? How can they make it really a safe zone to drive innovation? And Bermuda was one of those. And Mauritius is another, and there are several, several other uh, sovereign sovereign nations that really embraced it and tried to create uh, uh, crypto-friendly uh, legislation to spur this kind of innovation. You know, okay, so let's talk about innovation and sovereign nations. You've done a few yourself. Uh, you've been engaged with the, the Bermudan government, you've, uh, the U.S. side, state, government, uh, internationally. You've been at the EU parliament. You've been, you've literally been anywhere, everywhere in, in, in 2018. Um, how productive has Davos for 2019 been for you? Uh, well, you don't have the breadth of conversations, you know, given given again the um, the attendance this year, but you have really in-depth conversation, real meaningful conversations with substance and substantive action items as a follow-up, and I think that's that's really going to be um, when going to be the hallmark of 2018 World Economic Forum. 2019. 2019. There we go. I'm still in last year. It was, it was such a year that by too quickly, time, right? time collapsed last year. Yeah, but 2018 is going to, going to really push, push the bubble one more time in terms of here's the type of conversations. This is what I'm talking about, Matt. So, you know, on one side, it's about it, last year was about how cryptocurrencies are going to totally kill traditional financial markets. Change everything. Didn't happen, right? right. And change every, every, and eventually it will, right? It's, it's a long process. But what we're now talking about this year is the business of blockchain. How, do, how is it really applied 
to effectuate incremental and subsequently massive change. The other thing is, how do you take a technology like that or solutions like that and really restructure um, the, uh, the SPG programs and, and really get out and deal with broader social impact initiatives where the beneficiary of who's being targeted actually receives the benefit? I mean, we start cutting out waste and abuse and, and more benefit to the person. Well, I certainly think the immutable ledger portion of the blockchain actually will help crystallize where do those funds go? Yeah. Or why, why did it make it to the destination it needed to make it to? We see too often in Africa and Latin America and Asia and the Pan Pacific, you know, these big social impact initiatives and they don't, they fall short just as they get to the ground. And the resources dry up, but the forecasting is there. So what happened to the money in between? I think that, to your point, the implementation of block within those social impact initiatives would actually self-regulate. Yeah, it, it, you know, a lot of people say, hey, we don't know what's going on, you know, a lot of crime hiding within. It's not really true. It's one of the most tran uh, transparent transactional systems that we could ever create. Because everybody can look at it. You're going to see what's happening. And the other aspect, you're going to start leveling out the economies within supply chains. So those that may have been marginalized right. now have an opportunity to contribute and be uh, and receive kind of fair payment for the services they're providing. That's what excites me most about this and in, in this crossover in these public-private partnerships and application of this technology. Yeah, I think I think there's going to be a lot of really innovative financial services offerings. I think there's going to be innovative health offerings. You know, that's that's the place uh, we play. But you know, the reality of this notion is crossover public-private partnership. It's going to enable um, new types of services. I don't think we've even imagined what they are. Right now. Hey, listen, so uh, we, we got to cut to a commercial break in a minute, but um, uh, it's, uh, I hear it hasn't quite broke yet, but uh, uh, is it true you just got approved to the UN Global Compact? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, I, that, one, that one is truly exciting. There's about, what, 9,000 companies in the Global Compact, only about 500 in the U.S. There's only one blockchain company that the UN Global Compact uh, compact has accepted, and that's Verse IQ. And I, I can't uh, be prouder of what our team has accomplished in terms of being recognized in that, in that capacity. But more importantly, I, I can't, I, I'm just so excited about 2019 and taking advantage of that, you know, kind of coming off some momentum again here in Dallas. What you've done is amazing this last year, and, and I'm expecting more big things out of you in 2019. So, everybody, Frank Ricotta, CEO of Verse IQ, he's been our eyes and ears for equities. Uh, he's also been contributing uh, as we've been going. You've been seeing some of the technical uh, updates and technical in-depth interviews he's been, been, been giving us. Um, this is the end of our show here for today. Have a, have a great night. We hope to pick up and send you more from Beth, the World Blockchain Forum, um, later tomorrow. Have a good night. Forum is brought to you by Salt, providing fintech solutions for digital assets. Visit them at saltlending.com. Special thanks to Russia House and RossCongress.org for hosting our show here in Davos in the World Economic Forum. And a special shout out to Burst IQ for their expert commentary in blockchain and technology. And thank you, 1-800 Public Relations, for all your PR and media support.